objective. <laughs> I, I called it reading and white people's voices. That's brilliant. Right? Here we go. All right, everybody. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of the Strongly Worded Podcast. I'm Sue O'Lear. And I am Johnny Hampton. And we are coming at you from our dining room studio here in Palm Coast, Florida on a cloudy Sunday afternoon. But we have uh, a guest today that I think will will brighten the day quite a bit. This is a guest that Johnny and I have been talking about wanting to have on the show before we even had our first guest when we were in Season 1, kind of wrestling with learning all our tech and all this kind of stuff. Um, Dwayne Jenkins is a reluctant community <laughs> organizer. He's not sure that uh, that's his title, but we are. He has done a lot of great things in Bunnell, Florida, and we have him here today to talk about his journey to impact his community in a very positive way. Welcome. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me today. <laughs> You're very welcome. I mean, we've, like I said, we've been super excited and... Uh, Truly, truly, one of the first people we talked about when we talked about having guests. All right, step in. I, I'm super excited, okay? So I'll, I'll tell a quick story about how I first found out about Dwayne. Me and my dad were coaching summer teams in basketball. And the kids that we, we, we traveled with in the summer were mostly from Benel. And they came to us during one practice and, oh, we can't make it to the next practice. And we were like, Why? He said, well, we have a practice with Dwayne. I said, well, who is Dwayne? It's like, oh, we got a team. I'm like, a team? So I later found out that it wasn't a team. It was just Dwayne taking his free time to do drills with these kids so they had something to do in the summer. And me and my dad were like, wow, like this guy is great. So I am excited to have him here and tell his story. Like I've gotten to know him a little bit over these years, so I want him to, to rock out. Don't be nervous. <laughs> so as a, as a warm-up for you, why don't you just tell us uh, a little bit about who you are and what you do. Tell us about Benel. All right. So, well, we have to have a lot of time to tell you about Benel. Right? <laughs> but I'll tell you about, you know, my experiences and, you know, growing up in Benel. So uh, I am, I'm 38 years old. Um, I'm prior military. Uh, I, I graduated... Uh, high school 2002 um, and then I ended up going to college for about a year and I ended up leaving and joined the military alright uh, I grew up in the same area that all of these kids grew up uh, are growing up here now in Benel right same circumstances same Carver gym uh, <laughs> same influences you know the same corners the same blocks they still look the same the same that these kids are going through man and it's just a, it's, it's just a recycle and I wanted better so I was determined to, uh, you know, get out and try to make a, a better life for myself. And I did for a while. All right, so after... Uh, <laughs> Sit on your hands if you have to. Yeah. Sometimes I have to do that. After that, um, uh, a short year in, in college, I, I joined, the mil uh, joined the military. Uh, 
uh, made a lot of friends, uh, moved up ranks pretty fast. Uh, two and a half years, I made sergeant, which is the fastest that you can make it in the military. And that all came from just being disciplined and, and focusing on where I came from and not wanting to go back. You know what I mean? Uh, so I <clears throat> ended up doing that. Uh, and then uh, I did two tours in Iraq. I got out after three years, and then I, I went to Embry-Riddle on a track and field scholarship. Um, after, after that, after two years, I left Embry-Riddle, and I ended up moving to uh, Oklahoma and staying out there for a while. Long story short, I moved back to Florida in 2009, and uh, I started running into some financial problems, uh, stresses from the military. Uh, I didn't... I didn't feel like I got the respect that I deserved. You know, they pumped up, pumped our head up, they were heroes, and then you get back to the United States and then people don't treat you like heroes. They just treat you like regular people. So I kind of went through a phase where I rebelled against everything and everyone, and I lost all my discipline. And when I say lost all my discipline, I mean, I started falling into places where I fought so hard to get out of, right? Which is the, the influence of the streets of Benel, which, they're not easy to overcome, especially when you don't have anything. You know what I mean? So, um, so I I took part in doing illegal things, like selling drugs, right? And for about three or four years, that became my life. Like I wasn't this gangster drug dealer. I was just smart enough to figure out, you know, how to do things low key. And was there a conscious decision? Um, like how did that first? How did that happen? Well, funny thing. Um, one of my exes, when my, my daughter was born, she asked me for, uh, I was working a nine to five. Actually, this is before I started. And I, w I didn't have any cash until payday. I think it was like a Tuesday or something. And she ran out of formula for the baby. And she goes, I need, I need money to get formula. And I'm like, well, I don't have money. To, I don't have money to get formula. Well, I don't, you know what I mean? And she goes, she just gave me an attitude, like, well, this isn't going to work. I can't do this. We have babies to feed. And, I, and I, remember, I remember feeling really, really, really low. You know what I mean? And I was like, I don't ever want this feeling again. You know what I mean? I kind of feel like I've got this girl pregnant. I can't take care of her. And, you know, I'm just this lousy dude. So that's what influenced me to start, you know. And, you know, a, a lot of people don't realize that for a lot of kids and young people, when they turn to that type of thing, it's because they feel like they have no other options. Right. It's not something they want to do because they heard it in a rap song. It's something they want to do because they'd like to eat. Right. Immediately. You know, immediately. And then uh, and, and it, it was instant gratification. You know what I mean? Um, lazy, but instant gratification. And uh, so I, I ended up, you know, start selling drugs. I'm a likable guy. I'm, I'm very easy to talk to. I'm not like a... Like these gangster drug dealers you see on TV putting down, I, I treated it like a like a business, like a very customer servicey, right? <laughs> so, so, wait, so it's, it's interesting that you wouldn't give yourself the label of likable guy, but not community organizer. Who told you? <laughs> All right, I'll give you that one. All right, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, so you know. I, I did that for a while, and, you know, I had some low points in my life, but the money was sufficient enough to, you know, maintain my, uh, uh, a pretty nice lifestyle to 
that I thought was a lifestyle, you know. But I was going nowhere fast. I was going nowhere fast. And then 2014, November 11th, uh, November 13th, no, November 11th, uh, I ended up getting set up by someone from from Bunnell, from the community, someone I've been knowing my whole life, right? Uh, he set me up for three pills, and I ended up doing two and a half years in prison. For three pills. Yeah, two for and a half years. yeah, for three pills. Now, where did you serve time? When? Where? Oh, uh, I did time at Taylor Correctional Facility. Oh. Yeah, which is pretty rough camp and a long drive. <laughs> uh, and then I went to uh, Lottie Correctional, which is a faith-based uh, program. And then uh, to Daytona, the, the uh, work release center. So did you start out in a maximum security? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Taylor is one of the worst prisons in Florida. Mm-hmm. And I happened to be in one of the worst dorms on that, oh, ca- on that camp. So it was definitely a culture shock to me. You know what I mean? When I first got in there, I see someone getting hit with a lot. So I'm like, oh, this is not, this is not the place. This is not the place to be. You know what I mean? But if uh, I, I, I was, I was put on game before I got there. It's like three, three things you stay away from. Mm-hmm. You know, you stay away from uh, gangs, gambling, mm-hmm. and stay away from homosexuals because those are the things that will get you messed up in there. For mm-hmm. if you're a straight man, you know what I mean. So, and I stayed away from those things. I did my two and a half years. I knew what I signed up for. And I, not a day more than that, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I had to turn my ear to certain things, turn my eyes to certain things, I had to swallow my pride and, you know, let people say certain things because this man has 30 years, I have two and a half years. There's nothing he can, there's nothing I can do to him. or You know what I mean? Right. He can do whatever to me and make up his game time. I'm not doing that. I'm not trading out that for, for pride, you know what I mean? So um, That's probably a really mature uh, way of looking at it and handling things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there are a lot of people that don't. Right, it's very easy. It's easy to go <laughs> in with uh, a year and a day and then uh, yeah. catch five years. You know exactly. what I mean? You stab somebody because you think irrationally or mm-hmm. you make a hasty decision just off because everybody's like, "Oh, you're gonna let him do that?" Yeah, he can. He can say whatever he wants. He's got mm-hmm. 25 years. I get out in 10 days. It's fine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's how I looked at that. And then for the longest time, my mentality was. When I get out, I'm just going to do the same thing I did. I'm just going to be smarter. Really? Yeah. That, that, that surprises me. Because that was my next question. Yeah. Like, while you were in, did you actually think to yourself, yo, when I get out, I'm just going to be better. I'm going to be a better person. And I'm going to, you know, keep my nose clean. You didn't think that. No, not you at was first. Like, you was like, how can I not get caught the next exactly, time? Exactly. And then what made it better, what made it uh, worse is I had a lot of people that would come to me. And the people that I thought were going to be the ones that set me up, they didn't. It was someone that I least expected. So I was like, okay, so if all these people didn't set me up, I can get out and I get all these people back, and then my life will just go back to normal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I can just be, be that guy again. And there was, I remember this one specific uh, visit. My, uh, my oldest daughter came to see me. She was 14 at the time. And I don't know if you guys uh, follow her on Facebook, but she's, she's always on social media. She's loud she's goofy she's funny she's bubbly you know what i mean she's uh she's a she's a clown she's very photogenic you know she posts a lot on social media and she's always been that way so one day we took a picture at visitation and we're like standing back to back with our arms folded like you know father and daughter and then we we went to sit down and i go hey are you gonna put that picture on facebook and she just started making up all these excuses as to why mm. she couldn't. Oh, well, I don't have the app. I have to re-download the app. I'm like, 
haven't been gone that long. It takes two seconds. I know how long, how long it takes to download the app. All right. She's like, yeah, but then I, I have to remember my password and all this stuff. So I just blew it off for about five minutes. And then I started thinking about it, like, you're lying. <laughs> you're lying. You're always on social media. I was like, why don't you want to post a picture? Are you embarrassed? And she just dropped her head. Like, like she didn't want to tell me she's embarrassed, but it was kind of like, yeah, I, I just don't want to go through that, right? So I was like, Jaylen, are you really embarrassed? And she just, she wouldn't answer me. So I felt really, really bad. That was, I felt really, really bad at that point. Like, really bad. So I told myself at the end of the uh, visitation, I was like, I can't, I can't do this, man. Like, because that's impacting more than just me. You know what I mean? It's impacting my 14-year-old my, my daughter. Like, she sees this. She understands what's going on. This is not a game. You know, as much as she comes and gives me a big hug at visitation and, hi, Dad, I love you, she's still, I'm sorry, she's still embarrassed. And I don't want that. I never wanted that. That's not the life I want. That's not the, the type of father I wanted to be. I don't want to raise my kids from, from prison. You know what I mean? So I told, I went back to my, my dorm, and I remember, and I prayed to God. I said, listen, I was like, please put me in a situation when I get out to where I don't have to, to do this. Like, please put me in a situation where I can make enough money to live and take care of my family and not have to do this, even if it's if I'm barely making it. You know what I mean? Just don't put me in a situation where I struggle. And for the most part, I've never been, like, the really, a really, really smart guy in school. I was a C-plus guy. You know what I mean? I even was ineligible one of my years because I was screwing off. But... um uh, I've never been like a you know straight A student, but what I what I could do is I was always able to communicate with people, and I can always talk well, speak well, right? And when I was in Oklahoma and Kansas, I worked at a call center, which I moved up the ranks really fast because the way I speak on the phone and and communication is everything at a call center. And uh, I didn't think we had call centers in Florida. That's why I never tried to get one in, in Florida because. You know how you get those, uh, you know how you get those calls, and then the call ID says Gary, Indiana. Yeah. You know what I mean. You just put it through a phone tree. Though. Yeah. Well, because most call centers are in the Midwest because they don't have accents. You know what I mean. You don't have, yeah, you don't have one really a lot in Florida because we have that Southern drawl, and then people up north, that, like you, have that really thick accent. You whoa, know whoa, what I mean? Whoa. Yeah, Johnny. Yeah, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's 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 they they trying to have it in the Midwest because they just have a just no draw, no no draw at all. You know what I mean. So when I when I got to work release, um, one of my 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 roommates he was like, hey man, you should try to come get a job at a call center down at uh, Call Core. I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. He's like, yeah, come on, you you should do it. So I go, I went, and I just wowed the lady in the interview. And she's like, yeah, yeah, you got the job. And then before I left out, I was like, listen, before I accept this job, I was like, you know my situation. I'm at the work release center. I have a felony on my record. Is this going to stop me from moving up in the company? She said, absolutely not. Not at all. She's like, everything is, you, it, everybody's equal once you sign this paper. So I was like, that's all I needed to know, right? There's people been working there for five years before I got there. I moved up the manager in five months. Uh, eight months after that, I was the training manager, and I was the face of the whole company. I had the keys to the, to the whole building. I had 140-something agents under me that I had to be responsible for clocking out and and uh, clocking in and 
this type of training on this, this type of training on that, different different people. I had a different class of 20 every week for a year straight that I had to train different people on how to talk on the phone, right? I had MIT grads. Mm. I, I cannot even take one class at MIT. Let me say that right now, right? <laughs> but I had, I had MIT grads sitting in on some of my lectures on teaching people how to talk on the phone, how to conjugate your voice, how to use your voice inflection. I mean, conjugate yours, how to use your voice inflection and stuff like that. And that was kind of like the turning point that I was like, hey, I can really, really, I can do this. If I work, if I work hard and stay true, I can really do this. I can really make something out of myself. And that okay. So when I met you, had you just got out? Uh, I got out in 2017. Wow! Yeah. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I got out in 2017. Wow. Yeah. So now, what makes you just start doing summer workouts with the kids? Well, when I was in prison, I saw a lot of young guys in there, man. Like a lot, like. You would have to do a tour, like a tour. A tour probably wouldn't do you justice because they're not gonna do the things that they do when people walk through. But mm -hmm. there's a lot of young kids in there, man, with no guidance. That they didn't have guidance growing up. They didn't. Uh, they didn't have anybody to 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 show them a better way. To even tell them a better way. You know what I mean? They uh, they're just lost, and some of them will never see the streets again. And then the ones that do, they're gonna be really old when they get out, just because of a split second decision. And my thing is, I'm trying so hard to get these kids to not make those mistakes. You know what I mean? And I also want to show them that everyone doesn't go to college. You know what I mean? College isn't for everyone. You know? And I think we get drilled that at a young age that, you know, you have to go to college and you need to go to college to be something. So when they figure out, some, some people can figure out early in life, like eighth grade, ninth grade, like, I'm not going to be college material, so I might as well just give up you know what i mean and that's not the that's not the way that's not the way you have people that and i don't not promoting don't graduate high school but i know people that haven't graduated high school that own businesses that are doing very well in life and then i know people that have master's degrees that don't have anything like they can't find a job or they have a job at target because they're overqualified for a lot of stuff or the field that they majored in it doesn't even exist anymore, you know what I mean? Or, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but it's not, it's not booming anymore, you know what I mean? So they're forced to, now they got all this debt, and no job, and they're working a regular 9 to 5 like the average Joe, you know what I mean? There's more than one way to get it. Yeah, there is, that, that, exactly, that, that's what I think. And my thing is, especially from this area, it's not, it's not normal for people to just grow up in the projects or grow up in the inner city and just get up, go to college, and make something out of yourself. It's not, it's, it's, it can happen with a lot of work, but right now, in the next, in, in the foreseeable future, it's not something that I'm gonna, that, that I feel like we should push on these kids. I'm trying to push stuff like trade schools, military, job corps, go do something, go do something and get exposed to a life outside of Benel. I push people just to go visit somewhere for six, six months a year, whatever. Those three years that I did in the military, those I think if I hadn't, if, I think if I hadn't done those years, I probably would have been still stuck in in neutral like a lot of people, like a lot of people are in my city because I didn't know that there was better. Like I really didn't know that there was better than Bunnell. I thought Bunnell and Flagler Palm Coast was that was it. The way people act and that's life. That's not man. That's not. I joined the military. I was exposed to a whole new new world. Like I have 
real deal white friends. <laughs> but listen, me listen, too. No, me no, too. Listen, no, no, no. Listen. Thank you, Johnny. I, I real deal. No, I real deal have uh, white friends that I met in the military that I still talk to t- today, mm-hmm. every day. Like we communicate in some way every day, whether it's on a Facebook post or Messenger. Hey, battle. What are you doing? I got people. I know people that I'm friends with that I've been friends with my whole life in here that don't check up on me like that, that I don't interact with like that. And and I'll just call it what it is. Flagler County is a very racist county. You know what I mean? All the way from... You're kidding. Yeah. You don't say. Yeah, it, it's Somebody a, should start a podcast yeah. where they talk about such things. No, seriously, man. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very racist county. And if you, if you don't get out, you will, you'll get... You'll get consumed in this and in, in thinking that that's that's life and it's not. There are good people, there are good people of of every kind everywhere. So I've never experienced. Well, I have actually. I was in an Olive Garden here in, in Palm Coast, and a guy didn't want to be served by the you know the same. He didn't want his food touching ours in Olive Garden here in Palm Coast. Me and my wife are in there, so I've that's the one. Uh, thing of racism I have experienced but what I've noticed especially here in Palm Coast and I'm sorry Palm Coast is where I live but I'm from Jamaica Queens so I kind of relate more to the people of Benel than anywhere else they are very elitist and what I mean by that is we could play the same basketball at Carver Gym and people think it's ghetto Carver Gym is here in Benel but when we go to Rimfire they think it's great it's the same basketball. Same people. Same people. Same Same, same refs. Same refs. Same everything. And they think, you know, oh, why are you playing in Carver? Well, we're playing in Carver because that's where the community is at. And I'm co-commissioner of our league, and I know we made more. We make more money when we're at Carver because the people come and they walk to the games. Mm-hmm. No, they could be a pain in the ass sometimes. They want to put their masks on, but <laughs> <laughs> they they come to the games. And they spend their money. And when we have concessions, they buy in nachos. And that's how we survive. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you. Like, Flagler County does not have the unity it needs no. to do well. It does not. Not at all. And it, it, it hasn't. And my, my hopes is that, you know, I can't, I can't control Palm Coast a lot, but... I do have a lot of support in the city of Bunnell, and my my thing is to try to get everybody on one accord, which I know it's going to be hard to get everybody, but the more people that we do have on one accord, then, you know, hopefully it'll start start trickling down. Like when I do when I do some of these events, and I don't do them by myself. When I when I me and my but you friends, do organize them <laughs> in your community. Yes, I do. I do that. But the things we do, <clears throat> we try to go around and get. You know these businesses, these businesses involved, so that they see that everybody, everybody's helping in the community, and and in turn, what that does is, like at first I started with just two two businesses, other businesses started reaching out to me after that, like, hey, we didn't know you were doing this. Next time you do it, give us a call or let us know. We'll help you out. You know why, right? Yeah, I know why. Put, and, and, <laughs> and that's why that's what you have to leverage. You have to leverage the fact that they want them black people spending their money mm-hmm. in their stores. And you gotta leverage that to help to help you get your message out. But I'll take that exactly. exactly I'll right. take that. Like if it, if they want to do that and use that for publicity, then that's fine. I'm using it for publicity mm-hmm. too. 
You know what I mean? This is what this is what I want. I want somebody else next week to be like, hey, I didn't know you were doing this. And it's working. Now, I think the last event I did, I had like six businesses from Bunnell, like donating and, and volunteering and, you know, donating toys and stuff like that for the community. You know what I mean? And that's all that's that's all that's really all we want, you know, is for everybody to come to come together. Mm-hmm. Like really come together. So now what was the first event you ever organized? Oh god. Um twenty thirteen I did uh Trayvon Martin March. Mm-hmm. Oh, how did I not know about that? Yeah. I, I did like every Trayvon Martin March. Yeah, I did that I did that one in twenty thirteen. Um that one actually made the made the news. So that's before you go to that was before I went to prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. I did uh, a lot of stuff that I do now. I was doing it before before I went. And you didn't but realize. But the money, I, I wasn't. <laughs> the money was being funded illegally, so I wasn't really, you know, publicizing it. Like, I mean, you know. Like that, so just, but here we are. <laughs> it's over with. Right. It's that's over the, with. The if you didn't get me then, yeah, it's over. It's over. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and blue lives matter. <laughs> no, but now I can do everything freely, freely. And you know, it's crazy. I don't, I don't spend a lot of money on these on these events. Mm-hmm. I really don't. And sometimes I I set out to, but the support since I've been out is just it's been it's been unreal. Mm-hmm. It's been really unreal. The the hardest part is getting, like one thing that really uh, that had me. I wasn't upset, but it was just kind of like, dang, this uh, this last MLK march that we just had. Yeah. Now that was put together by uh, by my, my brother Mark Anderson, um, but we had a lot of people. We had a lot of people in attendance. But as I started to look around, it was all these organizations from Palm Coast. You know what I mean? And it wasn't it wasn't a lot of residents from Bunnell. You know what I mean? And yeah, the numbers are fine, you know what I mean? Yeah, the cars, a lot of cars, but we're not getting the message across. What message are we getting across? What do we accomplish? You know what I mean? By just getting, basically, it looked like a Palm Coast march that just took place in Bunnell. And we wanted the people, I, I feel like, with it being a motorized march, and right there in Bunnell, every car in Bunnell should have been in there, driving in that, in that, vehicle, in that, in that parade. Everyone. They don't. They don't give us a lot of leeway with a lot of stuff. Anyway, this was one of the one things that they'll just let us, you know, hang out. Like the cops escorted us, the the, the mayor, the vice mayor, the sheriff, all these people escorted us. This was our time to show up and show unity. These are the times that we need to show unity. You know what I mean? And and I was just it didn't sit right with me that we didn't have a lot of our own residents. So now residents. the question is, how do you go about getting your own residents? Well, and why do you think it is? I mean, why do you think that Benel didn't turn out for this? Uh, I don't. I really don't know. I, I don't. I don't have the answer to it. And that's that's one thing I'm trying to figure out now. Like I you mean, said, that's reason. a good question on how to get how to get everybody together. And for, at first, I started trying to do it through the through the kids. That that was my main thing. Was trying to get it through the kids, and maybe the parents will come around, and then that'll start bringing everybody together. Um, that didn't, I mean, it worked for a little while, but, you know, it didn't a lot. Like the uh, the Christmas thing we did, it was a lot of kids, but not a lot of, par- not a lot of parents came. You know what I mean? It was just kids coming out there. We wanted people to come out with their kids. We had a lot of toys. We had over a 1,000 toys to give out, and there were probably 
25 children, 30 children. And I know we have more children than that in Brunel. But that, that gives you data, right? That gives yeah. you information to figure out, to ponder and figure out, you know, how to adapt for the next one, mm-hmm. right? If, if, the, if the parade of cars spoke to Palm Coast more than Brunel, I mean, that gives you, right, something to think about, some factors well, I feel like why like, it didn't connect why it didn't resonate i guess i feel like those guys that came out there were doing it for publicity too. oh for sure of course you know, you know what i mean when i lived because, in, when oh. i lived in flint i was part i was saying in a previous episode i was part of the junior league of flint and say what you will about an organization like that my issue with our junior league of flint is that most of the people in that fundraising organization didn't live in flint and i did right so none of it was of the people. It was maybe for the people, but I questioned a lot of those motives and eventually decided it wasn't an organization for me. Right. I'm sure that probably is somewhat what that parade felt like. Yeah, it did. You know what I mean? Because some of the faces that I see there, I was just like, yeah. <laughs> you ain't never been to Benel. Yeah, I know. This, they're going to be comfortable because they were in their cars, right? News. Yeah. So I'm right. Like, you ain't never been here. This yeah, this ain't one. We got a call. We got a call the day before that. A specific someone was gonna show up and uh, attend Mr. Mr. Mullins. Oh, oh what? Yeah. yeah, Mr. Mullins. You know, he don't even like Benel. That's you? what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't, I don't. I know why you were there. You trying to cover? I don't know if you're trying to cover your face because you were at the Capitol. I don't know why. What's up? Oh yeah, we can. Let's go there. We know. That he was supporting that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was by there. his social media. Mm-hmm. He was in Washington, D.C. Yes, he was. Well. Mm-hmm. So listen, that's the thing about mm-hmm. politicians, though. Like, you know, they're seedy people. Yeah. He could, he, he could care less about the people of Benel. Nothing. He doesn't. I, and, I don't think, if someone saw him, they wouldn't know who he is. And, that, I, and, I, and that's my thing in these times we live in, right? Like, I see people all the time. Like, I just had a friend the other day. This is a side note. We're off on a little tangent here. He posted something, and one of his friends was posting something about Joe Biden and black people and this and that. And So I posted. I said, oh, you're so concerned about black people. So I take it you were protesting in the summer. <laughs> right. <laughs> and his answer was like, oh, I'm in the military. I don't got time to protest. And I said, well, thank you for your service, number one. But number two, since you care so much about black people i figured you'd be out there exactly in the streets mm-hmm. so he was not out in the streets spoiler alert. People, <laughs> i think people just people just talk man and they don't think that things are gonna come back around you know what i mean they they like uh like the thing that happened with uh with with blm and uh trump and and all this stuff and people like trump's not racist and i Trump's not racist, and he's not like that. Look at all the stuff he's done for black people. And their, their main argument, even if you're not even talking about race, if they see someone black making a post, they'll always use the, well, look what he's doing for black people. Look what he did for the MLK parade. And this. So I'm thinking to myself, like, so all those people stormed the Capitol because of what Trump did, what, what he's doing for black people? That's exactly None of them what are they're black, doing, right? they're, for they're, one. Going, they're going in there, and they, they stormed the Capitol. Because Trump is so good to black people and they want to keep him in office. Nah. That's exactly why they did it. <laughs> they had one right? black person there, but I think he was like the DoorDash guy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you order chicken wings? <laughs> or he works in the kitchen. <laughs> you, wandered out from, you wandered out from the janitor closet for this? <laughs> we, weren't, we weren't supposed to see you. 
Now let me ask you, do you, so a lot of times when you're, when you live in a community, you're from that community, you know everybody, and you're trying to do stuff, you get pushback from people you know. And now I don't know, you know, being a black man, I don't, some of that could be jealousy, some of that could be just, you know, apathy, but do you get a lot of pushback from people trying to organize things like, what, who does this guy think he is? Well, um... I don't think they really say it to my face. I think they show it by their lack of mm. support, which I'm fine with. And I think in Pinnell, too, a lot of people, they start out doing things, but they're not consistent. So it's hard for people to get behind it, and then, like, two months later or three months later, it's like it doesn't exist anymore. You know what I mean? They want to see they want to see results. They want to see results and consistency, and then they'll get behind it. Like, I, I told someone about uh, the first Peace Walk that I did. And I did it because it's for, I, I like to use the term PMCS, Preventative Maintenance Checks and Services. It's something we, we have to do to our vehicle every day, even if we don't move it. Like we have to check everything to make sure everything's right. And it's kind of like, I tried to do that Peace Walk before, before things get out of hand, just to try to bring people together. So if something does happen like that, we don't get into a, get all crazy. And then I, I, I I told the idea to someone in, in uh, Messenger, and they were like, I don't see the point of this. And then a year later, all this tragic stuff start ha all this tragic stuff start happening. All these uh, police killings and these riots and these protests and these burnings and cities getting burned up and all that stuff. And they're looking like, and I'm, I, I didn't say anything to her, but I'm like, I try to tell you. I really try to tell you, and I and I'm not saying it's gonna happen in Bunnell, but why not take steps and measures to prevent it? I have the same amount of support if I wanted to, which I don't want to, but I have the same amount of people that would get get behind me and support me if I wanted to be on some Black Panther stuff or be on some like militia stuff. Like I really do. Like I I, I really do. Like there's people that'll be like, "Let's go. I'm with it." But I choose not to go that route because, like I said, I know that we can get along. I know I've been places where people actually get along, man. Like, like real deal, get along, and it's none of that racist stuff. It's genuine. I know. I know it's genuine. It's you like, lived it. I lived it. You know what I mean? And some people don't. They don't because they they've never left the city for an extended period of time. Or if they do, they go like to just Bunnell or Palatka. I mean, um, Daytona or Palatka, which land, is, which is all still, which is. Like especially Palaka. Palaka is like Manel B. Exactly. You know what I mean? And then I think a lot of things with these these younger kids, you try to get these people that come in from the outside with suits and ties and, you know, trying to talk to them and they're not they don't they don't wear suits and ties. You know what I mean? They don't trust those they don't trust those people because they feel like they're privileged. Even if a, a successful black man comes with everything and you're talking to a little young young Poor black kid. He he's not. And yeah, I, I went to college. That's the you say that you say that from the jump with, and that's the reason why you have all your successes because I went to college and I did this and I did this. And then that kid is looking. He's a 16 year old kid. Like I'm not going to college, so everything that you're telling me is irrelevant. You know what I mean? I don't need to know. So basically, I have to go to college to get what you got. So I'm just gonna go ahead and do something else. You know what I mean? Because I'm not. You know what I mean? I'm not. Uh, that's not gonna be me. I'm not gonna be successful. You don't have to go to college, man. Mm -hmm. Go pick up your little short trade on, in a few months. Go to the, go, join the mill. Be a plumber. Be an a electrician. plumber. Be an electrician. Be you know what I mean? Go get some. Go get some. Leave the city. Sometimes I, I see it in my city all the time, man. People leave for a year and a year and a half. They look so good when they come back. 
they look so successful. They come back. They leave walking and come back with cars and 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 they're all fixed up when they come back and they come back and then they, and then three months they're right back in the same situation before they left. I think something people don't often realize is when you live in the inner city, the daily stresses that are on you, mm-hmm. um, the worry, just about, you know about yourself, about your community, your friends, your kids, mm-hmm. and that, that's a heavy weight. And it carries. I remember when I bought my house here. Um, we came from Brooklyn. We was living in East Flatbush. <laughs> so <laughs> in the hood. <laughs> <laughs> so it took like two years for me to turn all that off. Just being on alert all the time, being high strung all the time. I, I couldn't turn it off. It took two years. So I, I know what you mean when you say people leave and they, uh, they, they they look lighter. Yeah, they do. They look they do, man. You see it. They look they look better. They look like they they're, they're living life. I don't know what they're doing when they leave, but they look better when they come back. Even on on social media when they're posting, they're posting progressive things. You know what I mean? A lot of people can't make it here because they're afraid. And this is what this is one thing I had to break too. I used to get really. Um, I used to worry about what people say like it, with with my ideas because I'm stepping outside the norm. And sometimes she'll tell you sometimes like man, that, nobody going to like that, man. They ain't going to they ain't going to gravitate to that. And then finally I'm just like, you know what? Forget it. If you don't like if you don't if you don't like it then just I don't I don't need you. You know what I mean? Or I, if you don't want to support it then I don't care. It's better than going back to prison. So that's why everything I do now, I don't care what it is. If I if I think it's a good idea, I run with it because some people will, some pe- somebody somebody's gonna 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 support it and run with it too. You know what I mean? Well, it, all right. So I'm just gonna go back. I had a couple. I've jotted down a couple questions along the way, and I'm gonna go back to the one I was gonna say. So you, you were making the point that like your first peace march was preventative maintenance. Mm-hmm. So I'm raising two kids. We're raising two kids. Sorry, Joe. And, um, I very much want to have an activist influence on them. I brought them to the march in the spring. But it was an interesting conversation afterwards with my son who wanted to know why we march. He, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. He wanted to know why we march. Why do march. we march? What is, okay. like, what's, what's the point? What does it do? Like, there's not a, a tangible thing you receive at the end of the line. No, it's not. But um, you, the first one or the second the, the second, it probably was the, the, the first one. I'm no, he came we the second. Yeah, he came the second. I'm guessing we were at the second. Yeah, one. well, that was after the uh, the George Floyd uh, mm-hmm. uh, killing, and you guys saw how things were really sp- spiraling mm-hmm. out of control, and it was starting to get close, starting to get closer to home. You know what I mean? Up in Jacksonville. So I, I was saying to myself, like, we can't. We can't let this happen here in Bunnell. And then a lot of people don't know Bunnell was the last county in Florida to desegregate, to desegregate, right? So I felt like that was. Do you know when was, that was? Was that? Do you know when that was? I do not know. I don't know the exact date. Um, but they held out. <laughs> they held out as long as they could. <laughs> yeah, they they held out to the last say so. <laughs> but um. Yeah, and I just felt like it was uh, it was necessary to show everybody that you know we're not so divided. We're not as divided as people think, and we can, you know, we can't we can't make it work. And I think 
there were some people out there that we've never even never even seen before. I, I and I think some people used it as an opportunity. I'm not sure though. Some people showed it as an opportunity. I mean, I used it as an opportunity to show that they're not racist. Um, they uh, they they do support uh, Black Lives Matter. They don't post it on Facebook because probably I don't know family or you know work or whatever or you know you know what I mean. But <laughs> I mean, they were there in attendance. That meant more to me than a sharing or a liking or anything else. You showing up, that lets me know that hey, you you. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you my favorite moment from that march. I'm walking and I see a little girl with a sign, and her sign says. Colored lives matter. <laughs> no, they did it. No, it did it, man. Yes, it did. I didn't see that. Did you see that? Oh. I didn't see that. I would. I, I listen. <laughs> and, that would have been my profile picture. <laughs> and I looked and I said, "Oh, that's so sweet." How did her parents let her out the house with that? <laughs> oh my god. I'm pretty sure they I think I think parents are really afraid of teaching moments, though. Yeah, I mean, I like I know this is a funny story, but like to bring it home for a second, I think parents don't know what to do with some of those moments sometimes. Yeah, I, I yeah, it, it, you do have to. So you like, telling me? Wait, possibly. Wait a minute. So you telling me if Carolyn made a colored lives matter? Well, I, I don't think I'm one of those parents. I think you and I have established that. <laughs> There was also a, a white family, a mom and a dad and a little, I can't remember if it was a little boy or a little girl, but the child was chanting with everybody and trying to lead some chants and kept saying all lives matter. And some of us were like, that's not what we say at this moment. <laughs> 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 not at this one. <laughs> but the, the, the sentiment, like the, the kid's heart, I think right. meant. Yeah, they meant well. That that means it, that word. If if the kid wrote it, that word's probably been used in the house. Mm-hmm. Color that, that, that term. Can, yeah. That that concerns me a little. <laughs> yeah, that ter- that term is being used. Colored fellows <laughs> or colored folks. <laughs> I can just hear it. Ooh, Bantam Chef in Benel has been a community favorite for over 40 years. Food is made fresh to order with generous portions and mouth-watering variety. People come from all around to eat their fried seafood, juicy burgers, and of course, their famous fish sandwich. The Bantam Chef also serves up hot and cold sandwiches, wings, hot dogs, and more. Wash it down with their delicious sweet tea or tangy lemonade. Conveniently located at 101 East Court Street in Benel, The Bantam Chef, home of the famous fish sandwich. The uh, a lot of times when people were uh, where kids remain in neutral here and they don't want to leave is because they're afraid to be themselves. When they leave, they don't have that that criticism of their friends, so they can just nobody knows you. You can just be yourself, and guess what? Most of the time, you're around someone that's just like you. Y'all team up, and then it works. Mm-hmm. Now, like five years ago, I wouldn't have did the, did the, uh, those speeches on uh, mm. on Facebook, right? Because a lot of people make fun of the way I speak. But f- crazy story is, like I said, I wasn't, a lot of people, when they first hear me speak, they mean, oh, he's really smart or, or whatever. No, I'm, I'm, I'm good with words and I'm good with uh, communicating. But I, uh, 
My mom, I used to get in trouble a lot when I was younger. Not for like doing stupid stuff, just touching things and plundering and stuff like that. And my mom would make me go in the room and she'd just order books and just throw books in there. And most of the book, all of the books, they were they were picture picture books and all the characters were white. Like not one book that I had had a black character. So me, don't judge me, right? <laughs> I called it reading in white people's voices. It's brilliant. Right? So now, the, I cannot read. I think you just titled our episode. I cannot. <laughs> no, Johnny. No, listen. Listen, Johnny. I cannot read an extent, like a, a, a paragraph in, in my voice. <laughs> so I have to use, I, I, I called, and I, of course it's not white people's voices, it's just speaking properly, but, you know, that's what I, that's what I called it. That's what I called it. That's how I read now still till today. So when you read your speech on MLK Junior Day, it was in your white people voice. Yeah, that was my white people. That was my white people voice. <laughs> yeah, that's that was my, awesome. I, and I go on the block, and it's crazy now because five years ago, if I'd have done that, and I and I go on the block now, and still till today, the kids or some of my friends be like, "Hey, hit that voice for me one time." Like, hey, hey, go ahead. Oh, you didn't hear the speech? Hey, hit that one more time for me, cuz. <laughs> like, man, chill. <laughs> Five years ago, I would have been embarrassed. You know what I mean? They would have made fun of me, and I, you know, oh, well, ten years ago, they would have made fun of me, or whatever. But I've, I've always, I've always, uh, I've always been able to speak. Well, I was in prison, man. Four hundred soldiers. I mean, four hundred inmates were in church, and I got up and gave my testimony in front of four hundred people. Like criminals, gangsters, killers, and everything, and I'm up there speaking properly, speaking in front of everybody. I walk down the aisle, they're like, oh, you, "You was raised by white people." <laughs> you know? But you know what? Getting back to your point, you know, I have a kid right now that I think is succumbing to that. Cares more about what his friends thinks. Yeah, like, it, it sucks. John. And and. Thankfully, I, you know, my dad always told me, be yourself. And so I always took that to heart. But there are some kids who think, oh, I can't, I can't like, oh, I can't like this white girl because my friends will say X, Y, Z. Or I can't hang out with this kid because my, 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 kid, my friends will make fun of me. And I think that, that hurts people. They try and they play a role in the end that they may not be built for. Mm -hmm. And that can get you in trouble. It will. It will. That's true. That's true. I, I agree with that 100%. Yeah, because but I, I never him, played that role. I was not built for let it. Let him be himself, man. Like, the only way it's going to work, <laughs> the only way it's going to work is if you're yourself. You know what I mean? Trying to be something that you're not or trying to be something else, that's 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 being fake. Like, right now, this is the best ver I'm trying to be the best version of myself. You know what I mean? And if, if, if it's corny, it's corny. I'm comfortable. I reach out to kids. It works with some of them. Some of them it doesn't. You know what I mean? Like uh, I'll use one kid specifically, Johans. You remember you first asked me about Johans? Yes. You said, uh, "What kind of student is he? I mean, what kind of kid is he?" Yada yada. When I first came home from prison, I was trying to get the rundown on all these kids, and everybody was telling me like, "Hey, listen, don't deal with Johans. He ain't gonna listen. He's spoiled. He's uh, he's disrespectful. He's this. He's that." And then before I even talked to the man, I already jump to judgment. You know what I mean? Johnny, I, let me tell you, every, I saw him run one time and I've been in his ear, I was in his ear for about four months, like, bro, you need to get, you need to get on the track, you need to do this, you're fast, you're this, you can do it, you can make it. And I pull him to the side every time, like, hey man, listen, I'm telling you, you have a gift, 
You need to use it. You need to run, Johans. I'm telling you. He's like, all right, Miss Dwayne, I'm going to do it. And a lot of kids do that, and they walk off and blow me off. I was leaving uh, one, I was leaving uh, practice, one one practice, I think on a Monday. Yeah, it was a Monday. And I, I pulled up to the stop sign. He pulled up, he flashed his lights. He pulled up to me. He held his leg up with his track spikes. He was like, look, I'm out there. I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. <laughs> I, I Didn't I call you? I, I, I was so excited. So excited for that man. I didn't I haven't even told anybody yet. I didn't even tell anybody. No, I'm not running the run the social media and tell everybody, but that's something that I wanna just I, I, I cherish that man. That 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 brightened up my whole day, man. So listen, the other day I saw Johans. There were some things that I had seen from him on Instagram that I didn't like. And I talked to him about it. I'm like, yo, are you staying out of trouble? Are you doing what you need to do? Yeah, coach, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't get in no trouble. And he told me and I quote I'm about to run track. See what I mean? <laughs> See what I mean? I'm telling you, man. You certainly did tell me. That that was this week. Yeah. He's I saw running. him this week. Yeah, he's running. And he says he runs. I mean, I don't know how true it is. And I, and I believe it because I used to do it too. He lives out in the country. He says he gets up, he runs every every morning when he's not, when on the days he doesn't go to school. And he runs every night. He runs every night. He runs his block every night. And I know that because I ran track out there. And I used to live in the country too. And it's nothing but woods and trails. And every night after practice, I would do the same thing. I'd run about two miles before I, before I take it in and go to bed. So it's I think he he can make it. And even if he doesn't make it, man, just him going out there and getting that experience and just and just you know listening. I don't know if I had the, the biggest influence, but everybody I think everybody getting in his ear, man, telling them that he can and supporting them. I think that's making him do it, bro. Of course you had an influence. I mean, come on. I mean, so hey. listen, I struggle. Like you do. Sue can tell you. Like, she'll tell me sometimes, Johnny, you, you're this, you're that. And I'm like, ah, just chill out. <laughs> and I struggle with that too. But I have come to know over the last six months, like, when you are a mentor, a coach, when you're in a community, your words have a very, very heavy weight they with do. the kids. Mm-hmm. And so him pulling up, if, if your words, if, if you weren't the one who helped to make that decision, why is he pulling up to the light flashing you? Yeah. I mean I look I looked at it like that, but more so more so than than that, I was just like and that that make and I I'm in everybody's ear now. Like I pulled him to the side, I was at the guy at the uh the gas station just now. I was like, man, what are you gonna do, man? You gonna go to job corps or what? I, I was like, you either gonna go I, I, I was like, Well, how about you just come to church with me on Sundays then and get some knowledge? He was like, ah, oh, man. I was like, listen, I'm going to bother you every single day until you even do it, until you do it. He was like, I know you are, man. I was like, you either going to go to church and get some of this knowledge, his brotherhood knowledge, or you're going to go do something with your life, man. He was like, all right, man, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm <laughs> he said he's going to do something with his life. He's not going to church. <laughs> <laughs> but he kind of like just just smiling like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, man. I'm going to do it. 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 But, you know, I, I think he'll, he'll eventually come around. Somebody's going to go. I think they have to see one person from their crew go and step out and, and do some changes and make some changes. I think I think uh, it'll have a domino effect on some people. Somebody just has to make it. Somebody that's from here, you know what I mean? Like here, like Eddie Johnson, mm-hmm. you know, the soccer player. Mm-hmm. He grew up in Bunnell, but he left and they moved to Palm Coast when he was like, I don't know, 10, 11 years old. So he uh, a lot of <clears throat> he had a lot of help. He, he had a lot of help. You know, Marshawn uh, Gilliard, yeah. he's he, he represents Bunnell, but he's from, you know, Palm Coast. You know what I mean? He was he had a nice, grew up with, you know, a nice mom who was in his life, you know, nice house, whatever. 
these kids right here from the slums, from from Benel, they need to see somebody from there make it, and I think they'll start. I think they'll start getting the message. You know what I mean? That's one of the reasons why I started growing started growing my hair out too. Like that clean cut look, yeah, it's it looks nice. It's 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 very presentable. But most of the kids that I'm trying to influence, man, you see them. You got someone on your team, Johnny. They look just like me. If they see me, if they see it coming from someone. You know that looks when they look. I wish I could do like that. Them. <laughs> I I can't get what you did. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean. So I gotta find a different way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like, do you really think they like the teacher can motivate them while they're in school? Coaches can motivate you while you're playing, but what happens when? The lights got when you when you take that last shot when you hit that final buzzer. You know what I mean. Most coaches don't care about you. They care about you while you're playing, unless you're really, really good enough to go, go, you know, go to college. You know, they'll try to stick stick around. But if you're not, man, you, they're not. Once once it's over, it's over. That's it. They don't have those those life coaches, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know, like that. And that's all I'm trying to be, just trying to, you know, be a, a life coach and a light to some of these people and let them know that they can make that they can make it in life, and they don't have to be this, you know. Mm-hmm. Proper talking, suit and tie type person. That's not. That's not. There's more ways to be successful than just that. That's it. You know what I mean. So it's all on, you know, and 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 a lot of it goes to being yourself. Like I said, being yourself. It, being yourself. That's that's how you're comfortable. That's how you get stuff. Uh, make things happen. Trying to be something that you're not. It's uncomfortable, and you're never gonna get the, get, you know, the full fruit of whatever you're trying to do. The full fruit of your labor because your heart's not in. Be what you want to be. I love coaching. That's I don't like. I don't like. Uh, if you ever notice, a lot of people they give me compliments on Facebook, and I'll just like it, and I never respond. Mm-hmm. It's not because I don't appreciate the compliment. It's just that most of the stuff that they're trying to give me praise for, I don't. It's effortless. You just, it's really. It's uh, Johnny. It's really effortless, and I don't feel like I deserve. I don't feel like I deserve the praise for just being myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Those things I do with the kids, like playing basketball and doing drills, that takes. Zero effort for me. Sounds familiar. <laughs> you know what I mean. I I love I love I I actually love it more than they do. I think, man. Like on the Sundays, mm-hmm. you see, I, I do the basketball thing. Mm-hmm. Johnny, I charge people two bucks to get in. I haven't seen one dollar. I donate everything to the to the uh, to the community center. Back to the community center. I my enjoyment is in there, Just getting on the them. microphone, talking trash to people while they're playing, letting the music play, everybody hanging out and 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 having fun. I wish it could be packed every Sunday. I don't. I don't. I don't seek payment. I've never asked payment for anything. Nothing, man. I just love. I absolutely love. One hundred percent love doing that. I love doing it, and it's 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 effortless. That's why I I, I tell her all the time. And I was like, how do I even how do I even respond? How do I respond to this? I don't. I don't even know how to respond. You know what I mean? Like I even got mad when the. I don't know if you know the one guy. Uh, called me out on Facebook. Like, well, what are you doing for the community? Oh yeah, I, 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 I was on that thread. Yeah, I, I saw that. I was like, man, I flamed that I, guy. I was like, why is he? I destroyed him. You know, I didn't even want to put that. My my response should have been, nothing yet. Just stay tuned, cause I'm not done. I'm not done. And if we get people on the right track and we we get this thing rolling, there's gonna be a lot. There's gonna be a lot, a lot, a lot, uh, a lot of things we're gonna do. So that's a perfect way to. Kind of go into this last segment of the show. Tell me what's next. Mm. 
Well, what's next? I know there's a lot of facial expressions going right, back and so, forth for those of you who can't see what we see. All right, so I, I really didn't want to put it out because I don't want to put it out because I don't want. Oh, we get an exclusive. Yeah, let's I go. Want, I don't want to put it out because I don't want to get bad vibes and let, people wish bad vibes. No, let's go. But, but next year will be my seven year mark that I've been felony free, and I get the one charge. You, you can get one charge. In your lifetime expunged, and thank God I've only had one charge in my life, and I get that charge expunged. So my next step will be I'm running for city commissioner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is, that is an exclusive. That is fantastic. Yeah. So I, I haven't told him. I haven't. So told I can't call you to mayor. I can't call you to mayor. Like 56 people in eight countries. He just told. Well, yeah. If all if, if everything goes well, if everything goes well next year, which I'm I'm pretty sure it will will because I've already started my you know my paperwork and everything, so I'm gonna get it done expeditiously. Uh, you could also coach at FPC. Yeah, that's another thing. Uh, that's that would that's my dream is to coach at a, at a high school. Uh, yeah, that that's uh that's been a long dream of mine to coach at a high school, man. Even if I'm just the the player coach, you know what I mean. I can be the assistant to the assistant's assistant. <laughs> just, that's what I am. Just to put that uniform on and, and and rock with the team and 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 be able to be that moral support for them and stuff like that, man. That would be a dream of mine. I bet if you dream it, it absolutely means you're gonna do it. Hey, if it comes, if it comes, if it's in my path, then I'm I'm. I'm accepting it, but right now I'm just taking it one day at a time, just trying to walk this line and be disciplined, and and hopefully next year when I get this done, everything falls in line. Well, I hope next year when these things happen and you're announcing your candidacy officially and all that stuff, you'll come back. Yes, I will. Talk about some more things. I will. I will. I'll, I'll tell you this. How about this? I'll make you a deal. When I do run, I'll do the podcast and I'll announce it on there that Sweet. I'm officially running. Oh, by then we'll be doing video too at the okay. same time, so we'll be able to launch it everywhere. One hundred percent. You just show up and talk, Johnny. Yeah, 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 yeah. But listen, before we—I uh, don't know if we're about to depart, but before we do that, man, I do want to give you two guys a shout out too, man, because Johnny, listen, man, I—I I heard about you before I even when I was in work release. I heard about you and your dad. You know Are what you I mean? Kidding? Yeah, I did. Um, and you, Miss Sue, you, you show up every week, you know, even when your son's not playing, helping out, volunteering. You know, we got people from my own community that don't that do not do that, man. And that means a lot for you to step in and, and do that every week. You know, I've seen you in there when kids make you cry and you know what I mean? I they don't get cry. You upset. Your kids get you so upset, man, and you don't back down. You still come in there and you, you're in this fight. And that's what this is, man. This is a fight for these kids' survival. Coach Johnny, man, listen, beyond your brilliance in basketball, man, just your relationship. Listen, I don't know if you know this. I'm not a very good – I mean, I'm not a very good coach. I know, uh, I know how to play basketball <clears throat> and I know how to be nice – to the kids, but the way you motivate your boys, man, and the way you have your teams clicking, how they, 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 they gravitate to you, that's not something that's easy to do, man. And I try, I like I, you and your dad, I try to learn as much as I can from you and your dad, man. Just just your relationship with your with your kids and, and the kids that you have on um, from the community, how you keeping them on the right track. Because I'll tell you right now, and I, and I can talk about him because he's my cousin, Kimarion. I really, with his attitude, the way his attitude was, I didn't think he was gonna. I didn't think he was gonna make it. Uh, he talent-wise, yes, 
just the discipline to to stay on the team and keep it keep a level head. That's very impressive. To uh, so far, that, so I'm, good. I'm very impressed. Hey man, it's gonna be a work in progress. <laughs> Trust me, it's gonna be a work in progress. But you know, from the the caliber player that he is, he he's got a cousin that was fifty times better than him that never stepped foot on the basketball court. And I still say right now to this day, he's the best basketball player I've ever seen in this county. And probably probably the top three that I've ever seen with my own two mm. eyes. That's not professional. You know what I mean? And because of his attitude, he never stepped one foot on a basketball court. But if you ever see this kid play, man, you would probably be just wish you had his talent for ten minutes. You know what I mean? And not that tall. It reminds me of Key. He's just Key's just not as as athletic as he is. But um, yeah, man. Thank you guys for for for. I don't know if you guys realize, man. You, what you guys do in the community is a lot bigger than what you think. And the reason why you don't think it's big is probably because. It's effortless like it, it like it is for me, you know what I mean? And I'm thankful that I met you guys, you know what I mean? I'm thankful for you, you let me come on your podcast and share my story, and I'm looking forward to doing a lot more work with you guys in the future, man. Are you trying to make me cry? Uh, <laughs> no, man, I just, I like to give, give respect, you know, where it's due, man, and you got, you and your dad, you know, rest in peace, he deserves it, man. You got, you got to deserve it because you guys got these guys, uh, you got them in tune. You got them in tune. They love basketball. They love coming to the gym every Sunday. You know yeah. what I mean? And I got to tell just... you, they didn't love it enough yesterday for Kurt to play the high post so Carver didn't beat us. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if that was going to come up. Hey, man, my, play, my players love me more, John. <laughs> oh, that was they a joke. did yesterday. That's a joke. <laughs> hey, man, you've been beating up on me for three years, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, we have plans now for you to come back. I'm yeah, I will. I will definitely be back, and I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead. That's that's a promise to me. I, before I before I come publicly, if I'm public with it, I'll I'll, I'll do it on you guys. Well, part. you did just get a little public with it, yeah. but before it's when I haven't announced official. it, but it's 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 a plan. Yeah. To run awesome. for city commission. Well, again, thank you so much. For hey, coming. no problem. Thank you for having me. See you next time. That's good. That was really good. That was really good. You think so? I like this. Yeah. <laughs> This strongly worded podcast is written and produced by Johnny Hampton and Sue O'Lear.